Welcome to Pass the Bullshit with Crystal Tosh and Amy Hartman, two badass business rebels serving up one steaming pile of bullshit a week so you don't fall face first into it. Amy, I get to see your face again. Yeah. Amy's been without me for a little while. She's been on a retreat. I was. I was on a work retreat. And I wasn't there. Is anybody else gathering that? Rude. <laughs> Why weren't you there? Oh, I'm not part of that that group, but I'm glad you had fun. I have a funny story for you while you were retreating. I was making TikToks and apparently the only thing anybody likes on TikTok about me is my hair. So all of my hair videos have like tons of views and so I made a video that literally gave the lowdown about my hair like hey I always get stopped for my hair this is my natural color I get it cut at a barbershop you know like the whole spiel yeah. and the last I looked it's like past a thousand views and the one before that has 96,000 views oh <laughs> so they don't like the real story no shut up and show us your hair <laughs> yeah that's just what they want we don't want to know the story mm-hmm. Just the hair, that just is the awesome. spin in the chair, the barber, like in the chair, that one yeah. is at 96,000 and it's got tons of saves and people are like, I want my hair cut like that. That is awesome. I love it. So I guess awesome. if, you know, all else fails, I can be a hair model. You could, <laughs> you could totally be a hair model. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. Well, I was not making TikToks or (laughs) caring about my hair, but I was doing a lot of soul searching and, you know, growth and business thinking and all of the things. And I was doing it without a coach. (gughs) Weird. You didn't pay 30 grand for your retreat. Amy, how dare you go retreating on your own? Without a coach. I know I wasn't, and I wasn't interested in coaching advice. I am over it. Oh, well, that kind of gets us into today. We're going to talk about staying in your lane, I guess you could say of coaching. Like if you're a business coach, a marketing coach, or actually if you're anything but a relationship slash therapist, you probably shouldn't give marriage advice. Yeah. I agree. Well, I mean, this kind of goes back to, you know, our episode a while back about inexperienced coaches. And we talked a lot about like 20 year olds trying to give life advice, but I think even if you're a super experienced coach, and I feel like it's almost the very experienced coaches or the ones that have been doing it a long time, have a large following and are like, I know all the things about business that suddenly if they're in a situation to where they're giving advice or coaching, you know, they're quote unquote coaching because it's not real coaching, but if they are, yeah, that's an episode. That's a whole other episode. We're going to write that down. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> write that one down. Like what, what is coaching? Yes. Um, that's not it. But then they're suddenly like, oh, this is not going the right way. And then somebody brings up like their spouse, their, their significant other, whatever. And the advice is, well, if they don't like my plan if they don't like what we're doing here if they can't get on board then leave them yep I've literally experienced this in certain coaching quote containers which I hate that word because we're not Tupperware and we are not in a (laughs) container (laughs) but anyway that seems to be the the 
language that's being used. Yeah, I've actually seen this happen. I've seen marriages start to fall apart. You know, I've seen people just go head first in and it's almost like a cult mentality. You're either with me or you're against me. And I think it's toxic because these are programs meant to grow your business. They're not supposed to, you know, totally change your life in the sense of like, oh, I'm getting a divorce and I'm moving and I'm doing this and that because I joined a program to grow my business. I mean, I really have to think about the motives of these people or just maybe how arrogant they are to even think that they should give that type of advice. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, kind of back to it happens to with within programs or containers that are from experienced coaches. But the more I think about that, just kind of sitting here, it's like the ones that are $20,000 or $30,000. It's the ones that are the huge investment that you are making for an entire year of coaching. And they have one song and dance. Like these coaches have like one song, exact strategy dance that you're supposed to do. And they will sit there and say, if you want to take someone else's advice and take someone else's advice, but if you're in my coaching program, you do things my way and you don't question my way because obviously my way is successful. You just paid me Mm $30,000. So when a spouse or significant other starts going, huh, we're not really seeing the results here. Huh? You invested 30,000. What's going on here? All of a sudden the advice is, well, they're not growing with you. They don't understand the process. They're not business mindset owners, business owner mindset. They're not entrepreneurs. They're not whatever. And if they can't be with us, then they're against us. Bye. Right. Yeah. And, and it's kind of that again, cult. So you're with me or you're against me. And if you joined my program, then you're obviously with me and we're going to just keep going and mow down any obstacles in the way that have to do with your family or your significant other, or just literally anything. And it becomes, well, they're toxic. Well, but are they, or maybe this is toxic because you're not allowing me to explore certain things. And I think it becomes like this don't ask questions. Like, yeah, your spouse is kind of more, I feel like, you know, top level, like a drone, they can kind of see everything. And then, you know, you've got you that is in the the program. And so I think those people have eyes on things that we've lost sight of, or they can see things and really what's happening kind of, you know, behind the curtain sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. And I just think too, that whether, or sometimes it's like, maybe they don't, maybe they're, they're sort of really not aware of what's going on, but they're seeing something that's changing about you or, or having an opinion that's different than what you're going through. And here's the the thing about it is that our spouses are allowed to have an opinion. They're allowed to think for themselves. They're allowed to say something that's different than you. And just because your spouse brings something up to you, like my husband will bring up things to me. I don't always think he's right. He's really never right. But (laughs) that's right. We just let him think they're right sometimes. (laughs) That's horrible. And since he is the, the manager for this podcast, he'll hear that. And he's not, you know, he's not right, but he is allowed to have an opinion and I do listen and, you know, thank you for that opinion. That doesn't mean I'm going to divorce him because he has a different opinion than me. That's, you know, that would be ridiculous. We'd be getting divorced every day. 
That's right. <laughs> that's not how that's not how marriage works to begin with. And you know, if your spouse is is of the opposite sex, our brains don't always function the same. So like men and women don't think the same way. We don't approach things the same way and that's okay. You know, that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. And I think that that's what we'll just divorce them. That's a, that's a problem. And I don't think it, I don't think that marriage advice belongs in this kind of coaching at all. No, I really think it, I, you know, I caution people who even hire relationship coaches. Cause I really do think you need like a marriage and family therapy certification or some sort of psychology. You know, if you're a therapist, then by all means, listen to your therapist. But here's what therapists don't usually say, get a divorce. (laughs) They work through it with you. They help you. They hold a mirror. They let you make the decision. You know, we're not talking about whether if you're being emotionally or physically abused, obviously that's not a safe situation, but we are talking about the toxic ideology that I see too, especially in like heterosexual relationships of men and women it's like, well, all men are bad and he's holding you back. Yeah. It's this ideology that your husband is holding you back and that he's jealous of you being more successful. Well, in my situation, in your situation, in a lot of people I know in this field situation, they are the breadwinners and their husbands are perfectly fine with it. Yes. Yes. And, you know, secure Men, men who have confidence are not worried about whether you're making more money than them today or whether you're taking the forefront of the business and they're kind of doing other things in the background. Like they're not worried about it. They don't think about that even for one second. You know, like I have the most amazing husband and I know I joke a lot about, you know, a lot of things, but he's amazing and he takes great care of me. And I am at the forefront of the businesses. I am the CEO of the business. He is managing a whole bunch of things within the business. And we are perfectly fine with that relationship and with the way that that works within our businesses. And we don't always agree. He doesn't always just say, yes, Amy, go do that. Like sometimes he says, no, Amy, we're not doing that. And never once have I said, okay, fine. Well, then I'm going to divorce you because you can't get with the program. Yes. Well, and we talked about this before we hit record, but this idea that, you know, men need to be on the same growth journey and they need to constantly be reading the same books as us and things like that. And it's like to each their own. I know you said your hubby loves all that kind of stuff. Mine is not totally into that. And he's into like working out and, and mindfulness and stuff. But also I just feel like very confident, strong men probably don't feel like they need to spend all this time doing doing self-development because they have, they already have confidence. I feel like women are on this cycle of constantly chasing this, you know, personal development hamster wheel because we feel less than because we've experienced things in our lives that make us question our worth. And because we're taught to be martyrs and put everyone, you know, before ourselves, things like that. I, I really think that women probably read more of that type of stuff and take part in it more than men in general. And, and that's a generalization. And I don't know that to be true, but in my personal experience, I just don't see my husband sitting around with like eight self-help books on his nightstand. Right. And well, and the thing is, is that people always say, well, if you're not reading self-help, then you're not growing. You're not having growth. But 
to your point about men, men have been told by society all the time that they're great. They're above it all. They don't have, you know, they, they're not, they're not like us little women. Mm -hmm. So they're not coming from a place where they've been told that they're not enough for most of their lives. They're not coming from a place of trauma and a place of how do I get out of my own way? They're not coming from that place in most in most cases. Now, yeah, my husband does love to read like some of the self-help books and stuff like that, where we read a lot of that kind of stuff together. But that's just because we've been on this journey for a long time. When we first started out, he wouldn't be caught dead with one of those books. He would have been like, that's ridiculous. And also, I mean, let's be honest, as much as I love a good self-help book, a lot of self-help books is just a regurgitation of the previous one. They're all very similar. And I was going to say too, you know, it's almost like we're all searching for an answer outside of ourselves. Like someone's got it figured out. Uh, I think I've said this in another episode, but I can't stand the book Atomic Habits and people love it. And I just think it's a really long book about just making a decision to do something that you need to do or you want to do. And it's like all this just on and on about, you know, creating a habit. I mean, we already know the general information of creating habits. It takes some time, you know, uh, it's just a lot of them just seem like more of the same. And also what about doing what you want to do? I mean, isn't that the freedom? It's sort of like the 5am club. Nobody says to be a millionaire, you have to get up at 5 a.m., but there's a whole slew of people who have bought into that ideology and that's how they run their life. And and have they ever thought to sit down and think, do I really want to do this or am I doing it because it's an expectation or something I learned from a book? Right. You know, what's really ironic about the whole self-help book thing. And most of these coaches who are in these programs who would give the really bad marriage advice, like divorce your spouse they also are giving you a list of books that you should read. All of those books tell you that you're wrong and that you are not enough and that you need to fix something about yourself in order to really make a big leap and get to where you want to go and to be better and to be this and to be that and to get as as far Mm -hmm. away from where you are right now and what's holding you back. You've got to read this book and, and lean into this ideology. So those books are okay. They tell you that there's something wrong and you've got to fix it, but your spouse is not okay when they say that there's something wrong because their advice is get away from the coach. Right. It's contradictory to who's taking your money. And, you know, I do think there's an entire podcast out there. What what was that one called about? Did I join a cult? Am I in a cult? Whatever one that was. It's really interesting because there's so many people who look back at certain situations and think, oh my gosh, I'm a really smart person, but wow, this might've met some qualifications. And I feel like in the online coaching space, it could easily happen. Cause I, I mean, I see people are just, I mean, they're almost like celebrities, you know, like people worship them and they think that their success is totally linked to them. And they, the way that they talk about them is in this, you know, pedestal, putting them on a pedestal kind of thing. And there's nothing wrong with personal development. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do better, but also like be happy with yourself, like own your own genius, have your own thoughts. Like don't just be another one of the same. 
Yeah, for sure. So all of the self-help books and the coaches will say we're not enough. Then you go out onto social media and they say you're too much, you're too extra, you're too whatever. I love Elise (laughs) Myers is the one who said it. If you think I'm too much, then go find less, right? So like we can't do right, no matter if we... If we're like looking for the self-help to try to grow or if we're on social media and we're not good and and we're too much, like just embrace who you are and, and allow the person who is with you, who you've chosen to build a life with, who you've chosen to be there. And again, I want to say, if you are in a dangerous situation, if there is abuse going on, this is not the person that we're talking to, right? We're talking about healthy marriages where there are disagreements or where one person is actively moving forward and growth and building up and building a business and learning what's holding them back. And that's most often women Mm -hmm. in those situations, it is okay to allow your spouse to have a difference of opinion. It is okay to, to try to see things from their point of view and to sit down and calmly have a conversation about why does this person feel that way? And when you come together and realize that there may be, there may be some things that you do want to adjust, or maybe they do have fresh eyes from the outside that you're not able to see it because you're kind of in the bubble. You're in the container. They close <laughs> that the Tupperware lid. lid is on there tight. <laughs> it's on there real tight. They got that <laughs> lid on there real tight. You can't hardly breathe. And you know, your spouse might be just trying to give you a little bit of, of breathing room. They might be trying to open that lid for you and give you a different perspective and allow you the freedom to take a look at that. And maybe they actually care so much about you that they want you to see this. I think this is a mistake that we make when these coaches are out there just giving us marital advice. And I see marriages falling apart in these year long containers. Yep. I have too. I've seen divorces and separations and, you know, it's, it's just kind of toxic. It really is. And what happens when those marriages do fall apart, I feel like, you know, they're looking to this coach as a savior as like, well, this person knew better and they helped me and it, and it perpetuates the cycle of how are you going to detach from this situation? How are you going to move on? Are you going to keep re-upping and paying this person because you've basically blown up your life in many ways based on the advice that's given? I don't know. It's just a very weird, strange place that I can't wrap my brain around because I operate, as we've talked about, out of integrity. And I don't want, it's not my place to give even friends advice unless they're in a dangerous situation. I'm never going to tell a friend to leave their husband or their spouse or a significant other, unless it's like they're being abused and or emotional abuse that's clear. Obviously then, you know, you probably need to look at maybe a way to either take a breather or take a step back, but I'm not just going to tell my friends you should, I don't like him or he's, you know, dead weight and you should divorce them. What? No. Right. It's not, it's really not anyone's place to say that. And this really goes back to the fact that the bar to entry in the coaching industry is really low. And when we're looking at who we're going to hire as a coach or, and I do believe in coaching. I'm always working with a coach. I do have a coach now, even though I wasn't on with a coach, I wasn't on a retreat, on a retreat with said coach. (laughs) I do have a coach and I do believe in coaching, but it's about finding the coach that's going to serve the needs that you have in the way that you 
that you want for your life. You should know what it is that you're looking for. And you don't need to go over and over and over and over again to a business coach who's going to help you get to the next level because the previous one didn't work. If your business coaching isn't working, then it might be something else that you need to work on. It might be a different type of coach that you need. And it might not be just spending another higher amount of money. It might not be, well, the $5,000 coach didn't work. So let's go to 10,000 or 25,000 or whatever. That's not necessarily going to give you the results you want either. And so some mm -hmm. of this, again, go back to who you are and what you need and what's really going on and yes. have that conversation because these, co these coaches in this industry, just because they make a lot of money and just because they can get people to pay them 30,000 for the year, doesn't necessarily mean that they know anything about anything. They know how they... <laughs> sold you and they're mm -hmm. successful because they managed to sell you. And that's about it. Exactly. I think that's a huge issue as people compare and they're constantly looking and they're like, Oh my God, well, this person's going to cost me 50 grand, but they have all the answers and I'm going to just, and, and there, I think there's something to be said about paying those higher figures is it makes people want to listen more and they want to be, to think that this is the magic bullet solution and it's going to change their life and they're going to become a multimillionaire in a year. And the truth is nothing sustainable is built that fast anyway. So, mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't say that if you're, you know, in the hundred thousand dollar club that you should be spending that type of money thinking you're going to immediately scale up to, a, you know, being a million, you know, running a million dollar business without also spending a lot more money. That's, that's a huge lie within the industry of like, well, you can go from a hundred K to a million dollars and all you need to do is hire me. Uh, no, you're going to need to hire a sales team and you're going to need to hire, have delivery of whatever it is. And you're going to have to have systems and processes and things that you're going to have to pay for. Cause if you're running that type of empire, you're not making your own social media posts. Right. Yeah. You're going to need a marketing team. You're probably going to need an accountant. You're probably going to need a lot of other supporting staff in order to get there. And, you know, just hiring a coach isn't going to get you there. And, and again, I'm not saying that every single coach out there is bad and you should never hire another coach. What I'm saying is pay attention to what you're really getting into, pay attention to what their actual results are, who they've worked with and the results that they've created, but also pay attention to who they've worked with and the results that weren't created. Going to their website and just reading the glowing. Sensational. And the, all, yeah. Like that's not necessarily reflective of the majority of people that would go through the program or what's possible for everyone. Because again, not everyone might have the money to invest in what's actually necessary, like systems, processes, marketing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in order to get there. And you're not mm -hmm. going to create that just by sitting in your office, creating your own social media posts and hoping that you're going to get there after you've hired a big coach. And DMing and, everybody on your list. And yeah, <laughs> go back and listen to the BS about cold DMs. Well, and what, to be honest, I'm going to be really honest here. A lot of coach, a lot of sensational in your face coaches, that is their strategy. That is what they're selling you, that you are going to make a ton of money because they're going to exhaust you and you are going to exhaust everyone around you because you're going to be a hamster on a wheel. And yes, you might make X amount of money, but 
what happens after no one wants to talk about. Right. Yeah. Because really that is the strategy. So if you look at how you were sold, that's how you're going to be. That's what they're going to be teaching you to do. Whatever they're doing is what they're going to teach you to do because that's what they know. And that's how it works. And so real coaching isn't about giving you a strategy that's consulting. Mm -hmm. Real coaching coaching is about making space for you to discover what's going to work on your own and kind of helping to be that extra set of eyes, that extra place to lean into. And that's where all of this goes so wrong is because we have all these people out there that are coaches who are giving you an exact strategy for something, which doesn't work unless you are exactly them. Yeah. With the same type of business in the same environment in the same, you know, socioeconomic status there's so many things that go into that you can you cannot apply a template to a business this is I mean that's why we have people who go to Harvard Business School and stuff it's if it was that easy to run a global empire we would all just pay 30 grand to some coach that we found online and expect to run a global empire there's people who have master's degrees in business and things it's because there is no template it is like anything else in life it's fluid. It's different for everybody. I mean, same thing with healthcare. Like we're not all the exact same person. So it's not going to be a perfect fit every time. And I think that this is where a lot of marketing goes wrong and people get sucked into, well, there is a solution like that. And I just need to find that one solution and that's going to be it. And, you know, it makes people who market like I do out of integrity, it almost makes our job harder because people want to believe that there's an easy button. And so it's easy to be like, well, I'm going to go and hire this person because it's the easy button and it's going to happen. But if they would take five minutes and really think about everything else in life, it is nothing is that simple. Nothing is, there is no template. So I always, my marketing is like anti-marketing. There is no template to your business. It's, it's, you know, it's adjusting it. You try something, you adjust. Yes, there's tactics and frameworks. But again, my one solution that helped, let's say a veterinary clinic, isn't going to grow your plumbing business. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what really, as marketers, we do is get out there and find what's going to work for this audience, for this personality, for this group of people, for this type of business and this industry and what works today might not work tomorrow because everything is always changing. Changing. And that's the problem with a lot of the, these coaching programs too, is that as things change, they don't change. They don't change. Exactly. The model doesn't change and we're constantly changing. We're constantly evolving. Social media is changing every day. I mean, you know, it used to be, I say this all the time, used to be the only thing you could count on was death and taxes. And now you can count on death taxes and social media algorithm changes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) What worked yesterday may not work today. Hell, you could go in to edit your bio on one of these platforms and you don't even know where to go. There was no like warning. It's just, it's always changing. So, but what happens is people create these templates because they become easy for them to market and sell. They, They just have to say the same thing over and over and find new fresh blood, which, you know, brings me back to like, when you're giving marriage advice and you're doing this stuff, that's not really within integrity to me, 
you are trying to create lifelong learners who you don't trust to go out and work on their own and that you need like their blood to feed your business. And that's just not the way that I think a real business works. Like you'll always want to have repeat buyers, but you also want to have a good reputation and word to get around. And so that you have new quote blood, new people that you can help, you know, and play the long game. I feel like it's so short-sighted and, and, you know, really think about the long game. What type of legacy are you trying to build? What do you want to be known for? Because if, if you're one of those coaches that's giving marriage advice and everybody's getting a divorce in your Tupperware container, it'll only take a little while till it gets around. And then what are people going to think? Right, exactly. And the reality is, is that your whole strategy as a coach that's giving marriage advice is when somebody doesn't agree with me, I just get rid of them. Instead of when somebody doesn't agree, I have an option. I can say, okay, well, if they don't agree, fine, move on. Mm -hmm. Or I can evaluate myself or I can try to convince them, right? There's a lot of different options, but the option that these coaches gravitate towards is, well, then get rid of them. They're not, they're not good enough. They're not on board. They didn't come in, but here's the thing. Most of the time, those spouses have equally invested in this program. Exactly. Spouse is taking the program doesn't mean that the other one didn't equally invest and isn't equally invested and equally like a silent partner. Yeah. Like a silent (laughs) partner on this. And we have to respect that. We cannot just be giving advice that is so detrimental without any consideration to anything else that might be going on without any consideration to anything other than your bottom line, your bottom line coach has nothing to do with what happens in my home. Mm -hmm. It's really scary. It's, it's really almost narcissistic, arrogant. And I think it's really screwing with people's lives because once you start talking about those big money transactions, I do think the person that's in the program starts to feel an obligation of like, well, I have to do whatever it takes to make this work. And they're not thinking rationally about blowing up your life and, you know, going through a divorce is probably not the best time for business growth. Yeah. Well, and then I also want to take another stance here. I want to look at another side of this too, which is that as some people begin to grow and as their eyes are open to new things, or maybe they're doing some internal work and soul searching, maybe they are growing and maybe there does, there is a place where additional conflict is happening. Well, that additional conflict is an opportunity for growth all around. It's not an opportunity for, well, just get rid of them. So if I'm coaching a group of people and I'm starting to notice that, man, we're creating such transformation in the lives of these people that it is creating a little bit of conflict within their relationships because the other person isn't coming along for that growth, then maybe instead of saying, get rid of them, maybe what I want to do is include them. Mm -hmm. Maybe what I want to do is help everyone grow together. So maybe inside of my Tupperware container, I need to add some space and bring in a few more people who can help to support all of these people who are paying me to help them grow. Mm -hmm. Instead of giving really bad advice or advice that is not yours to give, then maybe it's opening more space. Maybe it's giving more space for all of this to happen. Or maybe the advice is if this is creating some conflict, 
then, you know, meeting with a marriage and family therapist might be appropriate so that we can all get on the same page. Because again, marriage and family therapists have gone to school and have are credentialed and have done what they need to do to be able to guide these marriages and their advice is never get a divorce. That's no. not how any of this works. And so it's like conflict resolution, right? How can you, how can you help your spouse see where you are now? How can you entice them to grow with you? I mean, it's, it's a conversation. And I think often these spouses do want to grow and whatever, but they're also seeing the toxicity that's involved in this container. And they see like their, their spouse changing and becoming, you know, where used to you'd sit down and actually have a conversation. The conversation shut down now because like, you don't matter. You're not going to get me. You don't understand where I'm going. It just becomes this wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, so I, I think that the conversation is so much bigger than all of this. I think the conversation is that as coaches in the world out there, business coaches and life coaches too, we cannot be giving just straight advice like that. We need to have places for growth. We need to allow for the spouse to have a chance to even come alongside. We need to recognize where life changes and it ebbs and flows. And that doesn't mean we can't resolve the conflict. And there are times when it's appropriate to send people to other professionals. But I think that it is completely irresponsible to give that advice. And if you're currently in a container like that, and you're currently in a situation to where you feel like your spouse might not be as supportive as you'd like for them to be, or they don't understand you, or there's more conflict, then I want to encourage you to find resources that are going to help you with that rather than go back to your business coach for that advice. Yes. Exactly. Seek out appropriate resources and maybe limit conversations about your spouse with said business coach. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, you hired them to help you with your business and that's where their advice needs to be. You know, if we're going to continue to move forward, then we're going to talk about business and what needs to happen with business. And maybe it doesn't need to involve the conversation about your spouse at all. So the BS about business coaches giving marriage advice is just something that's not really being said, except in the whispers in the hallway. Yeah. And that's really sad. And that's what we're here to do is to talk about the bullshit. We promised you from the beginning, everything that everybody else is out there whispering about and talking about behind closed doors, we're going to bust <laughs> the door down and talk about it out loud and give you permission to talk about it too. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Pass the Bullshit with Crystal Tosh and Amy Hartman. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.